0: Welcome to the Brief Life Podcast. I'm Fahim Mujahid, a Miami-based integrative health and life coach, fitness and nutrition expert, personal trainer, and private yoga and meditation teacher. Each week, we'll explore meaningful content surrounding the importance and impact of living a life of mindfulness or inspiring interviews with the same intention. Together, we'll incorporate a variety of topics given with the same intention to educate, enrich, and inspire one's life. Welcome home. Hey tribe, what's going on? Um, so thank you guys for joining me in today's uh, podcast journey. Um, I'm excited to to just kind of share some time with you guys. I know it's been a while since the last time we had a discussion. There's been so many meaningful and beautiful things going on and transpiring in my life that required my utmost attention, and as a result, it. I was unable to be as consistent as I would have hoped the last couple of weeks with coming up here and really creating content. So to be able to grow and continue to share with you guys, um, the Brief Life Tribe. So I'm excited to be back, but more importantly, I'm excited to share everything that's been going on in my life since the last time we had uh, an opportunity to go on a, a podcast journey. So giving you an idea of somewhat what we're going to discuss today, Today we're gonna talk about something that's very important to me, very important to you at home. It's something that's also very important to us as a society that I believe that if we start becoming more aware of areas of our lives that we can pour more of this into, I think not only does it create an opportunity for us to find more fulfillment in our own lives, but it creates space for us to find more fulfillment in each other and the conversations that we have in the communities that we're a part of in the purposeful work that we do or we commit our lives to and that word is authenticity authenticity so today we're going to dig into a little bit of authenticity and how it and why it resonates with me as deeply as it does and how we can use a certain certain ways to tap into finding other ways where we can be more authentic in our own lives, right? So we'll be able to explore a little bit of that. What we're also gonna do, we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about something that, you know, being able to use, and and maybe I'm the only one, but I have a strong feeling that I'm not. Have Have you ever had something in your life that comes really easy for you? And from the moment that you can remember the messaging about this gift that you seem to be able to do with ease have always been rather knowingly or unknowingly devalued, right? Took so much to where now, even as an adult, you'll see, you're seeing how, whether it be your ability to connect with other people, whether it be your ability to be able to inspire, whether it be your ability to be able to problem solve just by looking at something. As you get older and as you step into Um, your alignment with your purpose in life you're realizing that there was a profound knowingness that the universal rhythmic evolution of things instilled these tools in you so that you can use it to manifest your purpose has that ever happened to you well if so we'll 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 share a little bit of my story and, and where i feel like that resonates with me personally certain things in my life that are kind of stepping into alignment right now and and what it means and and how i'm choosing to see it differently so we'll talk a little bit about that but before we do any of those things i'm going to give you guys an update with all the things that's been going on and it's from an open and a very open place honest place from which i'm sharing this with you guys i'm excited about some of the stuff that you'll uh, be privy to after this Podcast journey, but there's also a few things that we're still working behind the scenes on that I'm going to be a little hush about that I'm equally excited about the potentiality of it coming into fruition. And when it happens, I look forward to sharing that with you guys as well. Right? So, the first and most important thing um, my lovely wife and I, we've been blessed to welcome the beautiful edition of our beautiful baby girl. Um, Malia Mujahid who was born two months ago, and ever since then, you know, you think you can't love anymore when you become a, a, a parent for the first time. Uh, but then your heart grows a little, a little, a little larger, a little deeper, and it expands, and you feel it expanding. So, with her beautiful addition into our home, it's been a beautiful exploration of what it means to add another beautiful spirit into our home. And you realize that no matter where you are in your development that a spirit is a powerful thing it has the ability to completely change the entire dynamics of an environment of a community of a space and i feel her beautiful spirit doing doing that in all its in all its variety and all knowledge in all, in all the ways in which a spirit will impact any space or any environment so that's obviously the most important exciting piece the other thing or another thing that has happened since the last time we had a conversation or a podcast journey, I decided to evolve beyond my current movement studio. So I owned and operated uh, a, tr- a movement studio, is what I like to call it, because it's, you know, as a trainer as well as a, a yoga instructor, I different movement philosophies. But I owned this movement studio for about eight years in the location that I had it. And it was on the south side of Miami very affluent area. you know. I, I picked it specifically because of its proximity to both the Whole Foods and the Barnes & Noble, both places that I draw a lot of inspiration from. And it's a place that I've been blessed to call home for, like, like I said, eight years. But here's the thing. I started realizing that I was evolving into a different space and not just a brick and mortar space. But as I started leading more workshops, as I started being called to speak more places and inspire groups of people as opposed to a lot of the one-on-one work that I was doing, I felt myself evolving out of that space. And as terrifying as it was on on on, on one level, right? Because you spend your entire life seeking something, thinking that once you accomplish this thing, that you're gonna feel that happiness and the reward and the fulfillment that comes from it. And you feel all the good things that come with that don't get me wrong. You definitely feel when you're in that space and you accomplish accomplished that goal that you set, there's elements of success that you feel. But have you ever accomplished something in your life only to accomplish it and have that feeling that there's something else out there for you? Maybe I'm the only one, but that's how I started feeling. I started feeling it more and more. It became more and more profound or the, the voice became louder and louder the more I stepped into other spaces. The more i the more i led conversations the more i did public speaking the more i created corporate content and workshops for other people and was leading those discussions the more i felt myself evolving into a new space and with that being said i needed to create the space brick and mortar space for me to be able to have the freedom to do that so i knew i needed to change and evolve into a new space and you know i i searched high and low for a place that would do as beautiful as a job at communicating the meaning and the importance of the movement clients that I have. But I also wanted a place that really truly embodied who I am as a mover and as a healer. And I've been blessed to find that. And and not too far, probably just only uh, a few few minutes up the road, Um, I've been blessed to um, be in partnership or in a loving partnership marriage with a lovely killer herself and mover. My wife, DeAndrea, she owns a beautiful Pilates studio not too far down the road. And we've always, you know, she's always communicated um, the expanding the possibility of having a shared space. And to be honest, and to be vulnerable and transparent, there was always something that I was against because of my own messaging and my own experience. I've seen working relationships throughout my life with families and friends dissolve family relationships and friends relationships so i've always was hesitant about stepping into that space then i always knew i had a very personal I had, I had a very personal relationship with my work it just wasn't work it was creating a space that embodied every element of what i felt my 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 purpose was so i needed a space that felt very much my own so the cool thing about it is that with this evolution and finding other areas of my purpose, I've been able to pour it into the other vehicles that I feel drawn to. And it makes it more accessible to be able to create the space, which allows me to be able to share a space with my lovely wife. But I'm excited that I've now been able to have and open my new studio that I'm calling The Lab in the the back of her Pilates studio. So it's really cool, I've been blessed to carry it and carry some of the same design elements and the same love and to be able to be welcomed in the space by someone that means so much to me has been a blessing as well. So I look forward to sharing the, the journey with you guys with that. The third thing, I know there's things upon things, blessings upon blessings. So for the longest time, for probably about the last four or five months, I was approached with a beautiful opportunity um, to work in conjunction with a beautiful um, mental health and, and wellness center here in Miami, Florida called My Ketamine Road. And they specialize specifically with working with psychedelics, one in particular called Ketamine, that really helps beautiful spirits who are struggling and who have been struggling for the majority of their lives, if not for their entire lives, with either chronic pain, depression, or high bouts of anxiety. And I was blessed with this opportunity to not just work with a lot of their patients and develop those personal relationships with them, but I've been blessed to create the curriculum from which all the health coaches that come under the Brief Life Coaching um, account, so to speak, for lack of a better word, would then teach this philosophy. So it's creating context, content for me to not only administer with working with using and applying for people who are struggling with some of these areas of their lives, but to create the, the formula for other coaches to come after me and hopefully be able to find the same success based off of the tools that I'm developing for them. So I'm really excited about that. That's something that we just inked and that's coming into fruition. So I'm really excited to see where that journey is going to take me. And, and I, I feel so fortunate to have the opportunity. So, the fourth and final thing, at least for now in this chapter, um, for as some of you may know and some of you may not know, I started this year, I started um, creating a movement called The Breathe Life. And the idea behind it was taking the inspiration from my two sisters, Zakiya and Aliyah, and creating and breathing opportunities to breathe more love and more awareness, more consciousness, mindfulness into my own community. And one of the ways or the driving force to doing that as a meditation teacher was to create these mass meditation moments and opportunities where we can get together as, as community members and share in a moment of mindfulness. And we would have live music. We would have people, you know, performers who would come and share their gift with our community. But we, I also felt like it was just as important to create space within the rollout of these events for people to come up and be able to share. I call them the community portions of these events. And no matter what the topic, what I started to find after after having the second one is that people were clamoring for an opportunity to just share openly in a space that they felt was safe, where they could be vulnerable and they could be brave. And these moments that I allocated 10 minutes on the, on the, on the, uh, on the outline for the event end up being 30 minutes, 35 minutes. And it really resonated with me because I started realizing as meaningful and as impactful as it is to create meaningful opportunities for us to mindfully connect through meditation and mindfulness. It's just as important, if not more important for us to create opportunity for us to be able to share from a place of healing collectively to create an environment where we can come together to be heard, because oftentimes we're not being listened to, we're not being acknowledged, we're not being recognized, and more importantly, we're not seeking or being able to find opportunities for us to share and grow. So I remember having, not too long ago, going to a Lululemon event, and they were talking about, I think the title of the event was, I hear you, bro, or you can hear me, bro, or something like that, but they were talking about debunking the beliefs of masculinity and how masculinity shows up not only just in what it means to be a man, but also masculine traits that exist within all of us, women included. And the conversation was around using this opportunity to talk about masculinity, but from the lens of vulnerability, what it means and how we can cultivate communities that change the language on what it means to be masculine. And I was in charge of, because I was one of the panelists, I was in charge of leading a subgroup. And in the subgroup, one of the one of the individuals stood up in the group and said, "Okay, well, we're all here. We're all connected to this same level of awareness. How do we put this out into our universe? How do we put this out into our community? And then I said, well, it's up to everyone here to take the lead and show up in that way. Do things that's going to help lead this discussion. And he responded, "Okay, well, then what are you doing about it? And and I had like one of those kind of like, oh, oh shit moment. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, so what am I doing about it? Like I'm sitting here talking about it from a place of being um, confident that this is what's required. What am I contributing to this discussion? So I said, okay, well give me a week and I'll figure something out. And therein lies how the inspiration for Tribal Talks began. So I knew I wanted to create this ideal for Tribal Talks. I knew I wanted it to be in a place that represented an embodiment of the community of Miami. Is to me. I knew I wanted. To, I wanted. I wanted to be a community that would come together in venues that rep that were representations of our community. So one of the places that showed up for me, the one of the first places that showed up for me was a coffee house here in Miami called Panthers Coffee. That's completely grown here in Miami, and its ethos and its origins is all Miami-based. So I knew it was an opportunity for me to. If I had the opportunity, I wanted to do something special with them. I brought the idea to them and they've been so so supportive and so loving with creating a space so that we can come together and share every month so september um the 18th is actually going to be our third we've had the first two and every time there's been a beautiful loving experience we've gotten together and we've had smaller groups um intended to have smaller groups of 25 to 30 people max where we can come together and not only just share in the content but also show up and contribute communicating to each other, healing together. And it's been really, really, really fulfilling and rewarding. So the reason why authenticity ties into our topic today is because our last tribal talk at Panther Coffee was on the subject of authenticity. And it was such a tie-in to everyone there. Everyone has something to contribute, so I felt like it was only right to share what we uncovered through authenticity every one of our Tribal Talks has one or two people that I feel are great leaders in the discussion of authenticity. So for authenticity, I had it paneled by a friend of mine named Billy, who's a creative, as he likes to call himself, but he's also uh, a videographer, and he does a lot of work with music videos and helping artists or individuals out there create a narrative or an image for themselves that they wanna portray or communicate out into the world for whatever reason, whether it be for performing arts, whether it be for, like I said, musicians, whether it be artists, whatever. He's great at doing that. That's what his purpose is. He finds so much fulfillment in doing that. But I felt like he would be the perfect person to talk to because I imagine that he would run up against people who are having that, either honing truly into their authentic voice or finding the need to project themselves to be something that they're not for whatever reason. So anyway, he accepted and as a community, we were better for it. He showed up in so many awesome ways and he was able to lead and open the dialogue and it created space for everyone else to share. So when you look up authenticity, obviously it's a noun, when you look it up in the dictionary, it says the quality of being authentic, the quality of being authentic. But I find what I found was interesting at our event and then even hearing it now, saying it out loud, It's one thing to know what's the quality of being authentic, but how many of us truly understand what it means to be authentic, right? How many of us, like, you're sitting there now, and you're hearing me, and you're hearing me say, okay, well, authenticity means the quality of being authentic. What does it mean to be authentic? Yeah, we think, okay, uh, genuine, uh, original, right? Whatever whatever other words come to mind, What does it truly mean to be authentic as it relates to how we live our lives? So we spent a lot of time as a community talking through that point, not just what it means and how valuable it is to create a community that's built on the foundation of being authentic, but what does it truly mean, right? And some of the things, and we'll go through a little bit here, some of the things that came up. The first thing I started off with asking um, with asking Billy and asking our community is you know what is the benefit in our society to be an authentic? Do we do we celebrate do we reward those people in our lives who are vulnerable enough to be authentic? Or do we find that we find it more receptive are we more receptive to people who aren't authentic? The culture our society are we breeding people are we breeding communities of authenticity or are we not? And what we found or what the going I uh, thought about that within our community was that oftentimes we're not. Oftentimes we're putting more stock in people who are inauthentic, who aren't being consistent in who they show themselves up to be, that are just following the trends or following what's cool for others by giving the bylaws of what's cool and what's not acceptable for someone else. They're adapting to that as opposed to finding and, and listening to their true north, following their true north. So as a society, we're not promoting authenticity, right? So we have to become more cognizant about what are the things that we're promoting in our society. Do we want to be a society that celebrates people who are who not who aren't authentic, who are just telling us what we want to hear, who are just appeasing us by following the trends, who are or are we being steadfast and resolute in who we are? And are we celebrating that when we see it in other people? Whether it's through people who we see on TV, whether it's through people who write in literature, whether it's through teacher, teachers, whether it's through, you know, sportsmen and women, do we celebrate authenticity? Do we truly celebrate authenticity? So, any. You know, I, and I, wherever you are, wherever you're hearing this, I'll ask you the same question. Do you believe it's something that we celebrate in your community? If you're not a part, whether you're here in Miami, your community could be in a different part of Miami or your community could be outside of Miami. Do you feel like the community or the society that you're in, do you feel like it does enough to support authenticity? Right. And then the next thing became we can all you know, you it doesn't take a lot of work to find people who agree that authenticity is important, right? I think you and I could both be here and have this conversation and you could say, okay, yeah, fly, yeah, no shit, authenticity is important. I think we can both acknowledge that. So then the question becomes, what prevents us from tapping into art? What prevents us from tapping into that authenticity? Why is it so hard for us? Why is it so hard for us to be authentic in the way in which we live our lives day in and day out? In our relationships with other people, in our in our place of employment, right? In our hobbies. Why is it why is it so challenging for us to continue to show up in that authentic space? Assuming that it is. For me, being kinda of like in a human moment, it is. For me it's 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 challenging. I find that when I'm on autopilot, I follow a lot of the systematic messaging that we see in our world today. So I'm drawn to the things that may not even be my authentic truth, but I think that they'll be accepted by other people. So then I find myself being loathed into that idea of me needing that or needing to do that or needing to respond in that way. So that's in in true this in full and being fully transparent. That's not me being authentic, right? So what are the things that make it hard for us to continue to stay in the authentic mind frame, authentic space? I just touched on a few of them there. Right. It's the messaging. You know, it's the messaging that we're getting hit with. It's the things that we're reading. It's the images that we come across in the magazines. It's the things that we're celebrating as on a societal level. It's it's all of those things. But take it a take it a step further. What are some of the things that we may be doing or you may be doing to yourself personally that keeps you from being authentic? Right. Are you quick? Are you are you a person that's quicker to judge yourself as opposed to giving yourself or, or allowing yourself the empathy that you so willingly give to other people. What's your conversation with yourself about when you're in those moments of authenticity? So we got a chance to flow with that a little bit as a community, and, and, and a lot of the things that showed up for us, or showed up for the, you know, for for everyone in attendance, were a lot of the same things: that self-doubt, the judgment, um, the not, uh, the not putting enough stock in what we know to be true about ourselves and, and second guessing everything. And then also falling for the pump fake in our society and thinking that we should be some way as opposed to not really being authentically who we are. Right? So from there we went to I I, I asked Billy directly, I said, as a creative, do you feel a responsibility when you're when you're shooting this video for this artist or when you're trying to help create content for you know, a local um, bistro that wants to create a artisan kind of feel for their product to their community. Do you feel a responsibility as the creative to make sure that they're being authentic or do you just fall victim to whoever's paying you to do that project? Do you say, OK, well, if this is what you want me to shoot, that's what I'm going to shoot. And it's funny because although it started off as a, a, although it started off as a question that you would only get to ask someone that comes from his background and his experience, it's something that I felt really resonated with everyone in the room. And I'll give you an example. Am I holding the people in my life responsible for being authentic every time that I'm in conversation with them, every time I'm sharing space with them? More importantly, do I create an environment that welcomes them being authentic? Or am I always making fun of them? Or am I always talking down to them? Am I always quick to judge them on something being stupid or silly or not important? What responsibility am I willingly taking on? So anyway, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool because it really did start off being a question that was related specifically to this field and ended up being something that resonated with all of us. So I, 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 I thought that was powerful for, whatever, for what, whatever it's worth. And then the next question that followed, or well, one of the natural progressions of the discussion led to, does being authentic require vulnerability? Does being authentic require vulnerability? Do you have to be vulnerable in order to be authentic? I would venture to say yes. There were a couple of people that stood up and begged to differ they had a different a different point of view which is great not only great but it's encouraged you know it's it's the combination of different perspectives and points of views that require the, the the foundation that the healing is required so i love the fact that someone has a different point of view i'm not looking for people to just acquiesce to my belief but i do believe that in order to be fully authentic you do there's a degree of vulnerability that has to take place or else how do you know you're truly being Authentic. I think you do that through the lens of vulnerability. So I'm curious, you know, do you, when you, when you think about vulnerability and what you know about vulnerability, do you think vulnerability is required to be authentic? So when you look up vulnerability, it's the quality or the state of being expressed, the possibility. So let's see. All right. So hold up. So looking at, I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm not gonna go off of memory. So the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So I'll say that again for the people in the back. The quality or state of being exposed to possibly being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. That's vulnerability. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely what's required in order for us to be authentic. Because when you're being authentic, You have to come from a place of being vulnerable because being authentic, you're exposing yourself in the truest form, the truest self, where you have to also be, I don't know, I would imagine that you would have to be okay with knowing that your authentic self may not necessarily work for everyone with whom you're being authentic around. Who I am, who who Fahim, who I am as Fahim at my core may offend some people, may turn off other people, May attract, hopefully attracts more people than it turns off. I mean, you never know from an energetic level, but that's that's honest truth about being authentic. My authentic version of myself isn't isn't meant for everyone to digest. Doesn't make everyone feel in alignment with who I am at my authentic core. So I have to be vulnerable enough to understand that that may come with the possibility of feeling like I'm being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So I think a lot of times what prevents us from being authentic is that degree of the vulnerability that's required. So anyway, that's kind of like, and we went into the weeds deeper and deeper about authenticity, but that's kind of like the crux of what we talked about. And those were some of the things that showed up as a community that we spent the most time on. So here's my challenge for you, or here, here's, here's, here's my ask for you. I want you to do two things. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, first of all, thank you for taking the time out. Appreciate it. The first thing I want you to do is look for every opportunity in your life for which you can show up from an authentic place. Are you being fully authentic in every element, in every area of your life? Are there friends that you're not authentic with because you being authentic, you think that they would respond poorly to? Are there experiences, are there hobbies, are there things that you're dedicating your life to that you're not being authentic for fear of someone else being in judgment of you? If so, seek those out. And when you seek those out, I wanna challenge you to pour a little bit more authenticity into it. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm asking so envision like it was a coffee, like it's it's like authenticity or whatever this area of your life where you feel like you could be authentic, more authentic. It's black coffee. I just want you to pour a little bit of that authenticity creamer in there to where it becomes like that light brown hue, a little bit that color. I don't need it to be kind of like milky white, but probably about five percent, ten percent authenticity. That's all I'm asking. So the first ask is find those opportunities for you to be and show up more authentic. If you say, hey Fa, I don't know about you, but I'm flawless across the board. I really don't have any areas in your life, then kudos to you. DM me, I wanna follow you. I wanna find inspiration from you. I know that whenever I ask myself that question, then there's things and areas in which I can be more authentic. So when I find those areas, then my next challenge becomes, all right Fa, pour more authenticity into those things. So, that's what I, that, so those are the things I wanna ask of you. And in closing, like I had mentioned at the beginning, having a gift that comes natural to you or comes easy to you, and have you ever realized that the messaging around it has always been from a place of devaluing it without necessarily devaluing it? So I find, so I, I'll personalize it. So the idea of being charismatic and connecting and inspiring and having a very honest way and sincere way in which I can connect and hopefully inspire other people. From the very beginning of my life, it was always devalued as some people, you know, it's like, oh, well, he could just talk to anyone or, oh, wow, he's just... Charismatic, Or, oh, wow, he's, you know, he's a people's flirt. Or, oh, wow, it's, you know, it's a thing of, you know, he's everything he's trying to do is just, you know, swag, he's trying to swag his way through life or something. Now, again, I'm taking it out of at some point throughout my life, whether two years old, 20 years old, 12 years old, 60 years old, I have never really had a value associated with it. It was always the thing that I knew I could do, but I felt like anyone could do it. And then when I did it, it was always the value from the place of, oh, he's just a talker. Or, oh, he's just a smooth talker or, oh, he's just, that's just, it was never really, I've never really, I never really, until recently saw it as a tool for my purpose. And it wasn't until I'm in a room full of people and I'm trying to get them to engage and go on this journey with me, so hopefully have an opportunity to connect and inspire that I realized that everything that I was told to not value through the messaging about this gift that the universe or whatever entity you resonates with you, whether Allah, Buddha, Jesus, had given me, I always had a way of devaluing it because it came so easy for me. And I wasn't going to do that anymore. I wasn't going to look at it as a negative. I was going to see it as a tool, a vehicle that was given to hopefully be able to connect and inspire other people. You know are there things in your life that have always been easy for you that you may have as a as a as a as a re, the result of it coming naturally natural and easy to you, you devalued it subconsciously so or consciously or i'm or am i the only one i'm okay with being the only one i'm okay with that but chances are the thing about things that are your gifts usually are the things that come a bit easier for you than they may be for someone else. And if you're around people who have seen those things always become easy for you, the conversation around those things usually reflects in a way of devaluing those things because they come so easy for you. But if you find that charisma, if you find that ability to be able to connect to different people from different backgrounds and different experiences, if I were to see that in someone else, I would value it, but yet I had it but yet it was hard for me to value it within myself. You follow me? So what are some things in your life, what are some of the tools that you feel you've been gifted with that you've devalued, whether consciously or subconsciously, and how can you start adding value, equating value to those things? Because I truly believe everything that we're, we're, we're placed with a purpose to become the very best versions of whatever our purpose is to become, and that's instilled within us. And we go through schooling and certifications and reading literature and having the conversations so that we can anchor into those tools. But those tools are instilled within us. So go on a, you know, explore these things within yourself. What are some of the things that come natural to you? And then when you find out what those things are, see how you can be of service with those things. Or don't. But I find that you really feel like you're coming alive when you use those things that are there for you as tools to pour into other people. So what I what I what I what I've decided to commit this part of my life and going forward, those tools that have always been accessible, or I feel like to some extent I've always had access to, I'm excited now to see how I can use those other areas of charisma or, or being approachable or uh, being a people person, a lot of those things that I feel I've always inadvertently devalued, I'm going to increase the value for those things. And I'm going to use those as an opportunity to lead the tribal talks or to lead the mass meditations or lead the learn how to meditate course or to lead this podcast. So how can you seek out those things, those tools in your life and how can you maximize the output? All right. all right, guys, so that's all I have for today. Again, thank you for taking the time out. Um, I'm gonna be posting some information about our upcoming Tribal Talk that's happening this September 18th. Don't go on Eventbrite yet. The Eventbrite will be made within the next couple of days. I'll also post that on my social media platforms. And again, I know it's been a while, so thank you guys for being patient. Continue to give me that feedback. I get so much love and fulfillment from your feedback on how I'm doing and how I'm showing up and I really wanna make sure that I'm continuing to grow and, and really valuing the time that you guys were taking on this journey with me. And the way I do that is by showing up and looking for opportunities to perfect this craft. So thank you guys. Um, peace and love, Read life. Hey Tribe, so if you're excited about the Breathe Life content and you want to find other ways to stay connected, the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure to type in Fahim Mujahid or Breathe Life into the search bar and check out all the mindful things we have going on on your favorite platform.